From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. This episode is 130 and it's a Q&A episode, so I'm going over your questions that you've sent me, whether it's from unpluganxiety.com or YouTube or uh, social media. Thank you for sending me your questions so that I can help you, but also the thousands of other people who are struggling with anxiety. But before I get into this episode, I want to go over your comments on episode 129, which was all about those big paradigm shift moments, right? I see it all the time with my clients that I coach, those huge eye-opening realizations that were just below the surface, where they, they were unconscious. And those paradigm shifts can lead you into the next stages of your recovery. Because once you realize, oh man, I'm doing all of these habits that are contributing to my anxiety and I had no idea that I was doing these habits is a huge step because then you can begin to change those habits. Or you realize that a sensation is not a real physical disease or illness, but it's rather your anxiety response producing that sensation. So this whole time, you've been focusing in on a sensation that, well, has been there because of the stress you are experiencing. Really, really powerful. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please do that after this episode. Will from YouTube leaves a comment saying, great podcast, your channel is great help. No coping. That's exactly right, Will. No coping. This is a channel for getting yourself out of that chaos you are in. And to get to that ideal you, the you you always wanted to become. Robin leaves a comment saying, I have to agree mostly with the second point you mentioned in the podcast, which is the sensation is not fatal, but it's just anxiety. This was the biggest eye-opening moment for me. Loved this episode. Thank you, Robin, for your comment. Krishna A. says, The more I listen and learn from your podcast, the more control I have over my anxiety. And my sensitivities are lessening greatly. Krishna, amazing. Keep up with the podcast and make sure to be the practitioner as well. Practice these techniques and you will overcome your challenges. And now I want to mention that if you go to iTunes and you leave me a comment, a review, you leave a review on iTunes, you rate and review this podcast, I will give you 
50% off my anxiety recovery program. It'll be around $40 if you go to iTunes, you leave a review and rating, and you contact me saying, Brad, I left you a review, I left you a rating, and then I will send you the code, the coupon code for 50% off the Anxiety Recovery Program. So go to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. Let me know that you did that so I send you the coupon and then you get the program for 50% off. Go and do that ASAP. Now, let's get into your questions this podcast episode. I'm starting this episode off with a question from Grishma, and he says, can you tell me what to do when I feel hypervigilant about checking body sensations, body symptoms? Very, very powerful question. Thank you, Grishma, for sending me that question. Well, first of all, how do you get to the point where you are so hypervigilant, right? That's the first question the question I want to answer. Well, it's that constant emotional reaction, that negative emotional reaction toward the symptom. Thus, you make that symptom top priority, top value in your life. So the more you focus in on that symptom, the more you make that symptom of top value to you. And everything else gets put on the back burner, right? So your relationships, your work and like your work life, your 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 routines, they are lessening in their value and thus you're not going to treat those other other I would say experiences other interactions as meaningful as you're not going to be so engaged and in the present moment because what's of top value to you now is what the symptom understanding oh this could be a cancerous disease. This could be whatever it is. Whatever you Googled, the hundreds of thousands of different outcomes that the symptom could be, you're putting those labels onto it. So now that hyper focus is now of top value to you because what you pay attention to is what you value. And so another question is, well, why isn't everybody scared out of their minds whenever a strange symptom comes about? Because we are all tilted toward negative emotions for survival purposes, right? To keep us alive. So why isn't everybody suffering and, and hypervigilant over each strange sen 
sensation and symptom. And once you walk down that path of concern, the snowball rolls even faster and faster and faster until you're at the point where you're obsessing over it 24-7. And so when the snowball begins to roll, your negative emotions quickly enhance. And when we think, when we act as if this symptom is unknown, is a threat, then the amygdala makes it significant, right? The amygdala is the emotional memory part of our brain. It's the part of our brain that initiates the fight, flight, or freeze response. And it's interesting to think about how this is the emotional memory part of our brain, but it also initiates the fear response. That's interesting how those two are connected, right? And so if something is if something provides you with a lot of strong emotions, you remember what happened and you keep it at the forefront so that either we avoid it next time or it won't happen to us again. And so for example, you are walking down a certain part of the city and you get mugged. It was highly emotional. And so the next time you're roughly in the same neighborhood or in the same area, what happens? You immediately think about that time in your life when you got mugged because it was a high emotional experience. It was traumatic. And so the amygdala is like, remember what happened here? Remember? Be careful because the amygdala is helping us to keep us safe. But also we can go into an environment where we remember something pleasant, right? So you are walking down the street and you look over at a park bench and you remember the kiss, your first kiss on that bench. And that's because the, that, that, that kiss was a, a huge emotional moment for you. And so we remember these moments and the more neutral, the more repetitive moments of our days get lost and those highly emotional memories are right there and we can easily pick them up. Like going to Disney World for the first time, you're going to remember that experience the most, right? So that's what I'm talking about. And so then I want to get into what habits are you doing now? So what actions are you doing and thoughts you are entertaining that keep telling the amygdala that this is a threat, right? And this is obsessing, the, the constant entertaining of those thoughts and, and engaging in those actions that keep telling the amygdala that this symptom is a threat, 
these sensations are a threat. And now you are so vigilant and now you're motivated to solve the problem. And that turns into this vicious loop because when you start to obsess over it, that obsessing causes more anxiety and the anxiety keeps the sensation alive because anxiety being in stress mode produces a lot of bodily sensations. For example, if you're struggling with some digestive issues and you're hyper vigilant over your digestion, then well, you're going to continue to have digestive issues because anxiety and being stressed compromises your digestion, right? Because let's look at the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. If you're in anxiety mode, that parasympathetic nervous system becomes compromised, Because your body's like, I'm not worried about digestion. I'm not worried about eating right now. I'm focusing in on what's a threat to my life right now. And to you, it could be your digestion. But do you see how that becomes a paradox? Well, the reason why you're having digestive issues is because you're obsessing over it. It's because your anxiety is active right? It becomes a vicious loop. And so the reason why everyone isn't so obsessive over their symptoms and sensations is because while they are perhaps more grounded, their parasympathetic nervous system is mostly active, but they also have a lot of trust in their bodies, right? They view themselves as being strong, healthy, and self-healing, right? If you become so hyper-focused on your digestion or your heartbeat, then you are interrupting a process that is unconscious and should remain unconscious, right? And when we label sensations We are attaching that strong emotional reaction to that sensation and thus we keep that sensation alive. We keep it looping. So it's important to stop the habits that keep you so hyper-focused, right? Touching parts of your body constantly is a habit. Googling your symptoms, YouTubing your symptoms, habits, reassurance seeking, constantly talking about your sensations and symptoms. Well, maybe you should look on the other side of the coin, right? Are you sleeping enough, right? Your sensations could be a signal that, wait, you're stressed out. Do you currently feel relaxed or are you currently feeling stressed? That means you have to become truthful to towards yourself, right? Are you engaging in relaxation strategies 
to calm the system or are you rushing around every day with too much on your plate? Is there too much going on in your life right now? Be honest with yourself. Are you stressed? That stress could be causing the symptoms that you are continuously hyper-focused on. And so thank you for your question, and I hope I answered it. Uh, I did to the best of my abilities, so thank you. Um, The second question comes in from Dan. He says, Do you have to continue to implement anxiety recovery habits after your anxiety gets better? So what I take, Dan, from your question is anxiety habits, meaning meditation, walks in nature, uh, journaling, exercise, uh, releasing trauma exercises like NLP techniques, things like that, Um, stretching, spending some quiet time just sitting and being mindful, these these kinds of strategies, Uh, lessening your time on YouTube, you know. Do you have to maintain this and you have to continue to do this once you get to a better place and so I want to use the garden as a metaphor here so what happens when you don't water the plants what happens when you don't put the grass seed down what happens when you don't stir up the soils to get more oxygen in the soil well the plants die what happens if you don't trim the leaves or pull the weeds The plants die. It becomes too chaotic, too messy, unappealing. And that's what happens in our own minds. That's what happens to us if we don't maintain a healthy lifestyle. So to quickly answer your question, Dan, yes, you have to continue. And so the Chinese coined a term Kaizen, which means never-ending improvement improvement that continues on for the rest of your life. Well, we are creatures, Dan. We are creatures who need to venture out into the unknown. We need that. We need that unknown. And Dostoevsky puts it beautifully in his book, Notes from Underground. He says... If you give people nothing to do but let them eat cake and busy themselves with the continuation of the species, they will burn it all down just so something interesting could happen. And you may also know, Dan, that it is all too common now that people change their careers every five to six years. Why? People crave change. People need change. It's that venturing out into the unknown that we gather that new information, that we experience new, highly emotional memories. Remember, like I said before, the amygdala is the emotional memory. And so we also get that 
those pleasant memories from the unknown. We need that unknown to gather those pleasant memories, but to also we to also figure out those unpleasant memories and to make those unpleasant memories into something known. You will become bored of the known territory inevitably. It's the yin and yang balance. What is the yin and yang symbol? Well, the white order, the black chaos. But there's a white dot in the black and and there's a black dot in the white. Well, you need some chaos in that order and you need some order in that chaos. So it's the perfect balance between order and chaos that makes life meaningful. And so these anxiety recovery habits that I talk about on this podcast and in my videos on YouTube, these habits that I do every day prepares me for the chaos that may arise in my day. So before I recovered from anxiety, my life was pure chaos, right? There wasn't enough order. So now that I do these habits every day, I've added that order into my life. I've added a schedule. I've added uh, a routine, a daily routine that makes my days predictable in some way. They're not always going to be predictable, but you need to have some sort of certainty so that you aren't in chaos. And so these habits are order. The preparation I need to face my family during the day, my coworkers, parties, get-togethers, or even those underlying desires that pull me in directions I don't want to go, I need to prepare for that those things. And habits like meditation makes me feel good. My body loves to meditate because I'm activating that parasympathetic nervous system. I feel calm. I feel centered. I transcend all those thoughts that pull me in directions that will make me feel weak and result in negative outcomes that I do not want. I don't want to manifest those outcomes. And discipline makes the mind into a strong machine. All you have to do is look at someone you admire and look at what they do every day. And you'll see that they have strict strict daily routines, strict discipline that keeps them grounded, that keeps them in that mindset, that successful mindset. And I'm a guy who takes things to the extreme. If I do not maintain this order every day, I can easily slide back into obsessive and negative habits. And so that is why discipline is necessary. It keeps me strong and it keeps me ready for battle. And it keeps me from sliding into chaos fully. And so that order is necessary. So thank you, Dan, for your comment. Uh, Leanne has a question, or sorry, Dan, thank you for your question. Leanne has a question saying, do you suffer from anxiety anymore? 
And well, do I suffer from anxiety anymore? Suffer? No, I don't suffer. Um, can anxiety pop up in my life? Yes, it can pop up because I'm a human being and my amygdala is working. But my anxiety goes to a level four or five when it does pop up on on that blue moon, right? And after gaining the knowledge of anxiety throughout my recovery and now as I keep growing and now having full trust in my body now and trust that I can overcome any obstacles that come my way and that my body is a healing machine and that if I work with my body, I can heal. My anxiety will not last long at all because of all these tools and strategies that I have accumulated. And so I also view that anxiety, if my anxiety would reach that level four or five, I would view that as a signal. There's something to learn here. Am I working too hard? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I watching too much YouTube today? Or am I neglecting something? That's really important. That's something I would ask myself. Is there something I am neglecting? Am I neglecting sleep? Am I not getting enough food or the proper nutrition that I need today or electrolytes? Or am I not engaging in, in enough meditation or too much meditation? But I don't think it's the too much meditation. Um, so it, what are you neglecting? And you have to be honest with yourself. That's really important with recovery and maintaining a healthy mindset is to be honest with yourself. So I am very aware of my body, but also my actions that may be contributing to the stress I am experiencing. So thank you, Leanne, for your question. And thank you. If you have any more questions, please go to the YouTube channel. Leave a question leave a comment there or visit unpluganxiety.com and send me any questions that you have. And remember, the Anxiety Project program is 50% off. If you go to iTunes, you rate and review this podcast. That's all you need to do. It'll take a minute, two minutes to do that. You let me know that you did that and I will send you the coupon code. And lastly, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode or video. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.